started. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> Welcome to the Hotbox Show, episode 192, coming to you live and unpredictable from the Hotbox Show studio here at the Jazz Farm in Johannesburg, South Africa. How's that for an introduction? Intro, intro. <laughs> <laughs> We've been learning about the first minute of the show is where you grab people <coughs> in. So remember to like, share, subscribe and all, all well, of it's that. Like, it's like first impressions yeah. always last, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. if someone's watching the show for the first time, <coughs> the first thing they see is going to be this thing. Yeah, it's so. going to be this thing. And Happy 710 then! Happy 710! It's, it's a significant day today and it's very nice to have Dan back with us after having to attend with to all sorts of side hustle matters. That's it, that's it. We have Dale with his super funky hairdo tonight. We have Joe just looking gorgeous as usual. And we're so glad that you could join us because tonight we are discussing the idea of growing weed on Mars. Um, I wonder, <coughs> I wonder, I wonder. Space it's weed. a bit of a strange story, but, uh, and we have our opinions, so. Stay tuned to hear those ever-valuable opinions. Yes. We're also going to be speaking to Brenda from Cure Labs, and we're very excited to hear about a commission that they recently completed with some very fascinating results about mm, certain products and certain claims and whatnot. <coughs> so stay tuned yeah. for that one too. And of course, as always, we've got our poll. So um, please go to Facebook. The poll is only on Facebook. and. Um, uh, we would like to hear your opinion. Hemp should be grown outside under the glorious African sunshine, and now we're talking hemp industrial cannabis, you know, that stuff, socks and all of that. It should be grown outside under the glorious African sunshine. It should be grown indoors and far away from my THC. Or it should be grown somewhere else. <laughs> So what is your opinion? Because joining us a little bit later is Ricky Stone, our dearest brother Green, because as you all know, this week, it being October, and as promised, the Department of Agriculture uh, published the guidelines for obtaining a um, low THC uh, cultivating permit. We saw that. Yeah, yes. we saw that. That's and it circulated. Was, it was whizzing all around our, our <coughs> Green Network Telegram group and our Amber Cup Telegram group and everybody was having a good old chat about the 0.2 THC limit. So we're going to be speaking to Brother Green, beaming in, beaming in from just near Jeffrey's Bay tonight and he's taking a little 10 minute break from looking after his baby to be with us on the show. So we're looking forward to that indeed. So torch your nails, spark your joints, joints, light a blunt for jewels, and let's get on with the show. So when, when they're growing industrial hemp, as you say, they're growing on such a large scale that they don't really have any scum for males, females, whatever the case might be, or the exactly. genetics that they, they might be cross-brand exactly. to everyone else. And that's all, that's all part of our 10 crisis points. But let's see what Ricky has to say about this particular hemp permit thing. Maybe in some situation, yeah. only certain provinces yeah. of the country would be allowed to grow industrial uh, hemp. I think they might have to look at it even with like coastal winds and the way that you mm. could possibly pollinate other crops or areas that possibly have well, the thing is, they don't allow us to grow anyway, so yeah. they don't so, really care. If they give yeah. it, if but they, they, if they need a future plan for medicinal crops. If they don't, and, they're going to they're going like to screw that. up a lot of the yeah. medicinal growing and all the guys that have put the millions into the tunnels because they're going to have to fork out millions to now stop the pollen coming in and it's going to be a bit of yeah. a battle. So they have to really think about the placement and how it's going to be done if they do just allow it to be willy-nilly because if you've got hemp growing all over South Africa, because mm. if that's the first thing we're allowed to do, 
freely. That's not, the point. It's, it's, it's the first thing people are allowed to do. It's going to be, rush to do they're going to rush to and do it, it's going to be an over, overgrow uh-huh. and it's going to be pollen and everywhere. It's going to destroy yeah. the other market more than they can actually think with yeah. regards yeah. to the whole preservation of genetics, which we might talk about tonight. Yeah, exactly. And there's a whole bunch of it that's going to have to be destroyed anyway because our natural African sunshine uh, tends to bring the THC levels well, up, so they're not going to be able to keep it down at their hemp levels. Well, so the ARC, what we're going to watch is now, mm. apparently has something that's something yeah. that's something. So let's go okay. here. Exactly. Let's get on and I mean, what are we yeah. talking about 0.2%? I reckon what we've got here from Koi Dank from Warren down in Kids Beach, East London. And brother, if you're watching tonight, I have saved this. I haven't opened it since I came back from visiting you at the beginning of August. So um, there it is, sealed in all its glory. We have, it's called Banana Knuckles. Thank you very much to uh, Knuckle Genetics as well, you know, amazing affiliates. And uh, Warren also put in a little package some dab because remember today is 7:10, and it is three minutes to 7:10 when we're Almost going there. to be beaming over to Ricky. So let's uh, let's see what we're smoking tonight. So what we are smoking tonight on the Lank Dank is we got gifted some of this awesome banana knuckles. Banana knuckle. So this is some. I think it's obviously it's outdoor grown. Looks Nicely like it packaged. Bovida in there. And we've got a little tub, tub there of some su- surprises inside there. So the big nug, nug inside here with also. So like the dab is also knuckles. With a bevita pack inside there. Let's have a look at the bird. Well grown. Look at that. Mm. Nice, fully developed head. Yo, nice and dense. Really dense. Let's break this thing open. Nice solid nugs, man. Smell. Smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dan's smell's not so great. Eh? But I can okay. smell it. No, it's coming back. It. Yes, oh, okay. my cannabis sense of smell is coming back. It's so yeah. great. There's a smell of bananas. It smells, um, well, you try and see what you can smell there. If, if, you know, sometimes if you smell something with a bias of what you've heard it is, it can actually... Yeah, exactly. So there's that. That's lovely bud. That's Definitely really nice. Fruity. That is really mm. nicely grown. That's well done, that's Warren the and friends. And then this is his dab that came from it. I think this is rosin. These guys are, are rosin. Presses, so. yeah. mm. Come on, just get some There, there, there. Taste yeah. that. So, yeah. Oh, lovely. Okay, let's nice go. Seven, ten away. It's delicious. So that's we've got that from Warren, and then because, like we're saying, it's seven ten, and we are all fans of a good dab. We've got this. <laughs> <laughs> a good few. Yes, it's big on the serving spoon. <laughs> get your serving spoons out. Oh, we've got this. Wow. Apple sauce for 710. Apple yeah. sauce. Oh, put oh. that on a pork oh. chop. <laughs> mm. yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bit of that on tonight, and that's, um, I don't know what that is, yeah. what strain that is. That was some harvest, harvest goodies that you make a nice sauce from. Okay, mm. I think that we should um, uh, tune over to Ricky now before <coughs> I have a dab of that apple sauce. Well, apple sauce and banana knuckles, one could make like this whole fruit oh sandwich thing. Sounds good. So I think that uh, we'd better chat to Brother Green before I get too stoned. Um, <laughs> and and of course the the Department of Agriculture have have. Um, issued these they haven't issued any of these hemp permits yet but they've issued the guidelines and the requirements and the regulations and everything for it so um as soon as we get ricky on the on the line we will uh, we'll find out more about that because really 
this whole thing of just rushing to to do what you're allowed to do, we're seeing that already mm. with a lot of the facilities that are growing medical cannabis, aren't we? We're seeing. I mean, there are f big facilities that have just thrown the towel in. Definitely, even yeah. but you even know? rushing to do what you what you can't do, people got a whiff of it on in from the judgment and from the media that was put out there that it's now open as in terms of grow so much and it's just yeah. not like that. So it's yeah. people are ahead of, bad way ahead of what's actually the truth. So and, and now in this in this um, case, it's too like we're saying, it's too risky just to everybody start growing hemp. It really is. Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. In terms yeah. Of yeah. The, no, I think it's a the it's whole Kerrigo's proven point already. Yeah, yeah it is and the just crime. the just the thing of the, the the effort that it takes from planting that seed to getting that pair of socks. I mean, really, it is such it involves so many people in that value chain and so much investment in infrastructure and everything. So even if our farmers in the rural areas were now commissioned to grow all these fields and fields of hemp, um, to set up that value chain is going to in my mind take at least ten years. Mm, until, you know, until all of those cogs are greased in that whole thing that we actually get a product at the end of it. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. I think you know? so. And also with that kind of volume and scale, you need to have something big, like big players, like the yes. sugarcane industry to take over that and have exactly. the belts that run from the north to the south, yeah. but in certain places, like we're saying, that just don't affect the other crops or the other people yes. that are growing, where there's a high density of medical growers, for instance, yes. or... Yeah. I mean, well, I heard even even the rural I heard quite places a few quite a few years ago that um, that it was already a done deal, deal that the that the Chinese would be coming in to run right. our hemp industry because you know the Chinese have been growing hemp for seven hundred years. I don't know thousands of years, however long. Maybe you can, if you know how long the Chinese have been growing hemp, you can put it in the comments. Um, and let us know what you think of this whole thing. You know, I think that we've spoken hemp until we blew in the face. Mm. Um, and then we get this, these guidelines that were published this week. It makes me a bit despondent because it's uh, back to that Cannabis 101 thing, the first chapter of our manifesto. Do you know this plant first and foremost? Do you know what it looks like? Do you know this whole thing of the botany and the biology of that plant? Because just I haven't read the whole thing with a major concentration and everything, the whole um, because there's guidelines. facets to these. There's so many facets to it that it just seems that it's research, it's growing, it's yeah. this thing, it's that thing. There's like five or six different things yeah. you have to apply for. Yeah. It's and I think it just equates to having the government as your boss at the end. It really you does. Know? And do you really want that? Or some corporate entity or some foreign multinational from China or Canada or, or wherever. Um, and I mean, literally, who would die if I wore a t-shirt made out of 18% THC cannabis product? Yeah. Might be good for your skin. Yeah. It might be amazing <laughs> for better my than skin. The, better than the Built in sunscreen type vibes. Of, somebody was talking about THC sunscreen today or yesterday. THC <laughs> <laughs> sunscreen. <laughs> I could go for that. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So it's Ricky there. Oh, there's Ricky, yay. Evening, Ricky. Hello, Brother Green. Can you hear us? Hey, guys, I can. Oh, great. Great. So, um, I haven't read these How's it going, Ricky? permits and, and uh, the, the hello stuff. Dan. Hello, Dale. Hello, Joe. Hello. <laughs> so, so, we haven't read the, what came out from the government this week 
in very much detail. So can you just, in a nutshell, give us um, what came out? Cool, Moats. Look, I must be honest, uh, I've had quite a, a hectic week, so I myself haven't drilled down into it to the detail <laughs> that I usually do. Um, and of course, ordinarily, before even examining the guidelines themselves, I would uh, find the source of the guidelines, you know, and the specific provisions in the Act and, and how uh, something like this could come about. So what I can tell you is that what seems to be absent is, is the actual notice, which should have been published in the Government Gazette, which would have amended the Plant Improvement Act to add hemp as a variety, um, to the extent that that is even possible. Uh, I think I've mentioned it many times before, I don't believe hemp is, is, a, is a crop or a, a plant botanically, so I can't see how you could add it to the varietal list. Um, Big quick look at the guidelines. I must say they, they although they, they're written um, in, in layman's terms to a degree, they are somewhat confusing because it's it's or well, it's very clear that you can only cultivate um, low THC cannabis and the, the threshold's been set at 0.2%. Uh, it does seem that the testing then would occur at different stages. So if you're cultivating the cannabis for fiber purposes, then the testing must occur one week before harvest. Um, and uh, from my understanding of cultivating for fiber, that is um, well before a plant would even go into flowering. Then the other aspect, and the guidelines aren't clear on this, they say if you're not cultivating for fiber purposes, but you're cultivating for any other purposes, then the testing would occur um, I think it's 15 days after the onset of flowering. So what it, it seems to me, and, and I think those other purposes really are strictly industrial purposes, so if you're cultivating for seed um, and perhaps other byproducts, uh, but it, it would appear to me that they're excluding the ability to cultivate hemp, at least under this permitting scheme, to extract CBD or cannabinoids from it. And it looks like that would still fall under the Medicines Act. Um, but definitely further clarity will need to be sought there. But, yeah, I mean, all, all I can say without going into much detail is I, I've already hold instructions to, to challenge um, this permitting. Yeah. <coughs> uh, and there, there really are good grounds, you know. I mean, as I've spoken about before and many people know, there's... There's a big drive, particularly in the Eastern Cape province, to make sure that the land-raised cannabis can also be fed into the industrial value chain. Uh, so that would require some type of a deviation from these really arbitrary and unscientific THC thresholds. So yeah, I mean, yeah, and I what don't know about what the seeds? Say, hey? What about seeds? Where does it say anything about where you can get the seeds from? Look, you, you, have, you would technically, I think, have to import them um, to the extent that there might be local seeds. I know Ark have bred a, a few hemp varieties. Uh, and you know, it's very difficult to even answer any questions, really, because 
the the law itself hasn't been changed. So yeah. without seeing the varietal list, without seeing the, the certification scheme, which has been gazetted to include hemp within the, the realm of the Plant Improvement Act, it's very difficult for me even to speak to the guidelines. But it would appear that you, as we know, has happened for the last 20 years under the, the hemp research permits issued by the Department of Health through SARPRA, all of that seed was imported. So you then applied the Department of Agriculture. You would need to submit um, analytical studies from the, the foreign country or foreign breeder showing that it contains less than 0.2% THC together with a phytosanitary certificate. So that's clear. You, you would still be entitled to do that. You can then also apply um, to cultivate an unlisted variety uh, which is somewhat confusing, and, and this is the trouble, I think, also when yeah. you're being led by your nose um, and perhaps by, by industry to a certain degree, in that you, you're applying an agricultural piece of law that doesn't fit that neatly into cannabis, which is a little bit more complex to, yeah. than other plants, in, in my view at least. Um, so, I mean, if, if the... Look, so, so what you normally have, if you can look, there's varietal lists, there's thousands tens of thousands of plants in South Africa that are listed in our varietal list for seed crops, for food crops. Um, and we've got very comprehensive uh, agricultural legislation. But it's, it's the specific variety, so like a named cultivar that would be listed. So they can't just, for example, list hemp. They would have had to list Fanola or, or something. Yeah. I don't know um, much about the varieties that are out there, but that's how the Plant Improvement Act would work. So presumably somewhere out there, I mean, it has to exist. I haven't been able to find it. My senior counsel hasn't been able to find it. I mean, we've got access and subscribe to the Government Gazette um, itself, you know. So it, it's, these amendment notices aren't out there. The varietal listing is not out there. If anybody's got their hands on it, please do email it to me. I'll pay you for it um, at your own hourly rate. Now, so <laughs> without, you know, without seeing the actual um, law itself, you know, these guidelines are they're arbitrary. They're certainly unconstitutional for a single reason. That when the government embarked on something like this, one thing they had to do, and this is mandated in terms of our law, is they had to have done a regulatory impact assessment. What making ah. a law like this would do to an industry? Yeah. And in addition to the regulatory impact assessment, or the RIA, they have to do a socio-economic impact assessment as well. Wow. And, and these are mandated when you introduce um, particularly new industries, you know? Yeah, yeah. So and what about the, the environmental impact assessment? Yeah, absolutely. You know, then, that's even quite an interesting one, which I was thinking about this afternoon, how it could affect um, environmental impacts. We've had some very groundbreaking judgments uh, on climate change and how um, decision makers are obliged to take climate change into account when making their decisions if that decision could affect the climate um, or contribute to climate change to a degree. Um, so, so, yeah, look, I, I, I look forward, hopefully I can... Uh, join a, a show in, in six weeks or so um, after I've submitted some Pudger and Pyre requests mm -hmm. and should definitely have a little bit more information. Awesome. Oh. oh, Brother Green, thank okay. you so much for joining us. That's very interesting. You know, you guys with your clever legal minds, you always bring in an angle 
that, that we didn't think of. I mean, over and above the ridiculous THC levels and over and above the whole, you know, seed issue and the cultivar issue and all of that, the, the law hasn't changed. I mean, not even the Drug and Drug Trafficking Act has changed. That's cannabis, the whole plant and everything else to do with weed, yeah. you know. So we just need to take yeah. a step back. And, and I think it's very arrogant on the part of the Department of Agriculture. I hope there's somebody from that office watching. It's very arrogant to go now, like, step in and wave all of these yeah. stuff under they people's nose. They need to give us a stable foundation for us yeah. to be able to build a really stable cannabis industry. And the step one of that stable foundation is, could you stop arresting us, please? Yes, exactly. And could you please just know a little bit more about this plant yeah. before you yes. start imposing all of this? Like, let's just go back to Grade one, yeah, cannabis one hundred and one. Grade one, you know. <laughs> but thanks very much, Brother Green. Love to the family, and we'll see you next time. Have an amazing cool, lost love to you guys. Okay. See you soon. Bye bye. Cheers, cheers. Bye. So I wonder all of that testing that is required. Okay, when they go in, I wonder how much it's it's going to cost. And I mean that brings us on to and whose uh, cost is that for as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Uh, that brings us on on to actually our next. Didn't we? Didn't we say to Brenda that we were going to be we're on a ten to twenty? So let's let's jump to her. Yes. Okay. I think we're going to jump the program now, and uh, we'll be joined by um, Brenda Marks from Cure Labs. And I wonder what it would cost to have your hemp field your industrial cannabis field tested. I'm sure it would be a quite a few bob, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to do batch testing often, and you'd have to make sure that it's multiple every samples. single batch yes. that goes out, multiple samples sometimes, depending yeah. on depending what they want, you know, depending yeah. if you have to exactly. comply to GMP, GAP, mm. you know, they might yeah. do infield mm. testing, and then once you've done your infield testing, you've got to go then into, into your manufacturing mm. side, where then you have to test and make sure that you keep testing, because you want to make sure you're maintaining... Yeah, exactly. And so, it's not even just like there's THC limits as well, there's yeah. CBD limits too. Exactly. Yeah, and you're also testing for pesticides and, and all, yeah. all sorts of things. There's a whole so I could imagine, I could imagine that setting up a, an industrial cannabis farm would be as expensive as setting up a, a medical facility. Huh? Yes. It would probably be, if not more. So there's so much more to lose. But I suppose that's what this is people with a lot of money and maybe, yeah. you know, like especially like foreign investment and big corporations and whatever. It could be nice the to chance. not have to import it all the time. Yeah, it does make it really expensive. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, we really do wish our industrial cannabis sector the best. We, I know that we were accused on one of the groups this week of being, oh, you always, why are you guys always so about hemp? Um, and I know that it does come across this way. But, uh, We're big fans yeah. of hemp. We're just also big fans of not being arrested. And if they could do things in yeah. some form of logical order, it would be exactly. nice. Mm. But mm. you know, this cannabis world mm. is full of all sorts of shenanigans. And I see now that we've got Brenda on the blower. Mm -hmm. Hi guys. Welcome hey, Brenda. Hey Brenda, nice to see you. <laughs> So we've just been speaking to Ricky about the about the hemp shenanigans that are going out with these new permits, but it certainly does bode well for you guys in the in the testing and in the labs business, doesn't it? Because hopefully you'll soon have your mobile units and you'll be rushing around and testing everybody's THC levels. 
Well, that uh, Myrtle, that's exactly why we are here. Uh, not not for the hemp specifically, but but for anyone, just to help them to know what they are growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I totally agree that the 0.2% um, THC limit that they're putting on on hemp is absolutely ridiculous. Um, in my opinion, anything 5% and below is low THC. Um, but yeah, so that, <laughs> that, that is uh, the reason why we opened Cure and started the Cure Lab is because w- we need to have some kind of idea what it is that we're using for whatever reason. Exactly. And I must just uh, remember to uh, remind our viewers that uh, Cure Labs are one of Fields of Green's very, very value- valued affiliate companies. So, um, and we love you. Uh, we love you we too. Love you <laughs> and the whole Cure family, you know, it extends past the labs. Everybody from that, that you've got your Cure community, and, yes. and we'd love your whole community. So, but the reason why we've got you on the show tonight is to actually speak about um, this interesting project that you were commissioned to do um, around uh, CBD products that are on the shelves. Yeah, so let me just give you uh, a little bit of background before we start. So, so we got, um, the, the testing was done about a year and a half ago. Um, so the, the, um, the article was only published now recently. So um, anyway, when they phoned me about this, I didn't know what it was about. Because um, it was so long ago. And the cannabis oil guys who, who sent me the samples, they sent it to me completely blind. So they transferred all the market products into unlabeled glass amber bottles and just gave them each a number, one, two, three, four, five, whatever. So I didn't even know I was doing a study like this. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I tested, I tested all these oils with the same method, using the same reference materials, doing the same extractions, um, and this is, this is what came out. They're all different, and very few of them were actually on the label claim. We didn't have specifications. We, we literally just checked what was in the oil that was submitted. Yeah. So there and, was absolutely no bias. And so was it all um, was it all CBD oils or was it other CBD products? Because you know there's everything there's now CBD and everything from toothpaste Creams to shampoo biscuits. and whatever. So what was the and actual all, product? Was it all sold as CBD tincture or oil or what? Yeah, as I said, they they decanted everything into generic bottles okay. so i don't know what it was sold as but the yeah. form of it everything was in a in an oil tincture okay. form so okay. whether it was mct or olive mm. oil or some yeah. sort of carrier it, it was all they all looked fairly similar some some differences in color some were more yellow some were lighter yeah but um in in the end yeah if if you if you get it it's just a sample and i was actually quite confused if this i thought this was these were all products of one guy who made them, and yes. what what was really interesting for me is is the was the spread of the concentration of the CBD and all these things. So I didn't question it because I just tested it and gave him the answer. Did yeah. you did you find any uh, THC in any of these CBD products? No, actually, no. They were all good. They were okay. all just okay. pure CBD. Okay. So uh, yeah. from a legal perspective, 
there was no problem so there were, with the THC. <laughs> there were some that were way below the labelled amount and there were some that were way above the label amount. Yeah, and there were actually some that had no CBD in at all. Yeah. <laughs> so the poor consumer goes to the, sh to the shop, they choose a label that looks appealing to them. Yeah. Um, it's they, got they the leaf. CBD oil the in leaf. there and they're actually buying, yeah. it could have been sunflower oil that they could have bought. Yes, exactly. I mean, I often make the joke that, uh, you know, oh, take CBD and your 20 milligrams per day allocated amount, I'd rather drink a glass of water, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, but just like hemp, I mean, we, I know that we quite often um, mock the, 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 the whole CBD thing, but it definitely has, CBD definitely has health benefits and mm. everything, but it's not going to help us if places like Discam and Clicks and Nature's Pharmacy and this place and that place and that place are selling stuff that's not, yeah, that's not up to scratch. And you know, we always thought of doing this particular experiment, but first of all, to go and buy one that's of it. each of the products was really expensive. So Jules was you know? very keen to do this and experiment. Then, yeah, he was very keen. So we were so excited when the article came out in Cannabis Africa. Um, so go back to Cannabis Africa and have a look uh, at the article because it's got all of the percentages. But Brenda, if you had to say the percentage accuracy across the products, what would that percentage be? Oh my gosh, are you, are you talking about taking all of these oils into account and, and the yeah. accuracy of So what about... It's bad. Is it? <laughs> it's 20% or... Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's worse. It's worse because um, uh, if, if you look, there's some that had 150% um, more than was what, what was on the label. Wow. Um, the, I, I, would, I would be happy if... For a, a CBD product or a, a cannabis product, 10, 15% above and below what the label yeah. says, I would be happy with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's one that was within within five percent, um, and the next closest one was 19%. So yeah. even that is not even close enough for my liking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then they were what, seventy percent, eighty percent, ninety percent above what the label says. Yeah, yeah well, I'd say I rather more than less because you can't overdose. No CBD in it. Yeah, um, uh, which I probably think was uh, probably a hemp oil where they were incorrectly labeled. They're labeling it as a CBD oil, a CBD or like oil. hemp seed oil yeah. that has no yeah. cannabinoids in it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and, some people still don't know the difference. <laughs> well, this is true. People, people are confused. Consumers are confused. Yeah. Um, people are looking for cannabis oil, like full extract cannabis yeah. oils, and they still use the language. They, they talk about CBD oils just yeah. because they are so completely fired with CBD, CBD, CBD everywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's even, very confusing. There's even CBD in, in You magazine this week, you know, yes. and Jules and Front I, page. over the years, we always thought that if only we could get into You magazine, because it's got the biggest readership, um, you and Hesgenut, over the of any magazine in South Africa. And there we have CBD on the front page of the U magazine. So that's pushing that whole thing again. It breaks my sure. heart. But Brenda, thank you so much. We're running out of time. And it was really, really lovely to have you on the show at last. 
And um, oh, it's always nice. Yeah, <laughs> three weeks. Hey, it's been three We've weeks. been it's bouncing been, back yeah. and forth about this yeah. for a while. We've been, first of all, we had a, we had a technical bit breakdown, and then last, last week, week we were unsure with our electricity because we sat yeah. with almost the whole day with none. Yeah, so so because we've been doing some building here on the plot, so our electricity's been a bit up and down. But thank you so much for joining us, and lots of love from the from the Hotbox Studio. Until next time. And lots of love from Montague to all of you. And maybe next time we'll um, come straight to you at the farm and come oh, and that would be amazing. Oh, that'd so be lovely. We'd love to in have person. you. Yeah. 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 We'll in person. Yeah. We'll even feed you. Yeah, great. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Brenda. Yes. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> So um, that was very, very interesting. Yeah. Eh? I mean, we knew it. Like, mm. it's almost like, I told you so, I told you so. But really, to have less than 10% accuracy across a whole mm. lot of products and is pretty And the one thing I want to know that she wouldn't have been able to answer because they got all the products mm. blind. But the yeah. one thing I, I would love to know is were those locally made products or were those important say, products? Majority locally. I was about to say, where did that, uh, where was that product from? from? Where did this chain of events happen? And I would like to know where it was exactly. you know was it an imported mm -hmm. product was that they really got duped by some importer yeah. or is it a local dude that's also yeah. just duping them or that's just like she said 150 times more than what it was labeled on like yeah i mean the guy's giving away I his mean, product essentially if that dude finds out what he just heard now he'll be like oh my oh, god man, am, I, am i that guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. emergency i've overdosed <laughs> on cbd <laughs> it's okay man take some thc luckily you not call me in the morning so we good yeah. yeah so it's a bit hashtag i told you so and hashtag whatever but um, I think that it's it was a great survey and thank you very mm. much to Cannabis Oil South Africa. Cannabis Oil South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. They are the people that, that commissioned the survey. We were hoping to get somebody from their company on the show. But uh, we'll stay in touch with Brenda and yeah. maybe we can do that sometime in the future. But I know that these days we've been trying to keep the show quite tight and we've had two great chats that have gone a little bit over time and this episode was called Mids Weed on, on Mars, Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Mids on Mars Mids on Mars Let's at least get okay. that one out Okay, so, so Dale is going to tell us about Mids on Mars but in the meantime, uh, Dan's going to tell us what are Mids? Hey? Mids. What's mid? mids? It's, it's, it's like a weed slang. It's a slang word, exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's mids is like the, 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 the not top of the quality, so not the biggest and the best of the batch. Yeah. So you're going to get your lower buds on the plant, which when are like the light not, doesn't, get, doesn't get too much yeah. light to it. They're a bit laughy, a bit thin. They're not yeah. quite as dense. They're not quite as presentable. <laughs> when you look at it, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to pay that much for that compared to what the top yeah. cola looks like. That's mids. Mm. Yeah. And it can be on any plant, yeah. actually. It can yeah, be the exactly. mids can be on an indoor plant, outdoor plant, you know, it mm -hmm. just depends. It's just the, the laughy it's the quality, quality. Yeah, And you will always have some mids on every always, plant. Yeah. Unless yeah. you are very, very, very thorough when you do your defoliation, you're stripping and you clean off the bottoms and you make sure that there's light to every single bud and making sure that everyone grows perfectly, then there's no mids. You get no mids. Uh, okay. You can, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. People yeah. do it though. Because and you see when you when you're growing mids. when you're growing in a for for instance like facilities, when they're growing for profit and they need to make sure that every gram counts as a sellable gram, they don't want that laugh. They don't want grade. mids. Yeah. Because yeah. if they get mids, they have freezers full of the material that they can't really sell because their client yeah. wants a certain 
literally they want certain Look. looking size buds, like plastic size. Like, it's like, like when they sort fruit, for instance, you yeah. sort fruit exactly. with a size. These a ones certain, go for export, exactly. and these ones go and to the local spas. And it works the same in the, ma- in the mass medical and mm. cannabis scene as well. It works the same kind of way. You're not going to be able to sell them little pieces of crumbs. What are they going to do with it yeah. at the end at the end of the line? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose if you're going for extracts, but if you're going for extracts, you want the bulk and the weight and everything. With extracts, you want mints. You want laughy, airy buds that are like huge and then they're not grown. You're not growing uh, photo quality buds for extraction. Okay. Extraction is straight mass. Well, we want mints for Mars. So we want mints for Mars, exactly. We want mints for Mars? We we called the show show mints for Mars because there's a certain... Um, facility out yeah. there south of Johannesburg yeah. with a certain professor, yeah. in, in inverted commas, that Dale's <laughs> going to tell us about. So also the Gauteng Premier, David Makura, and um, the Funderbale Park Company, CBD Full Spectrum, who's yeah. been in our news many CBD times. CBD again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their CEO, Prof De Beer, who is actually running some sort of genetic creation for space travel i suppose so he's okay. urging um jeff bezos elon musk and richard branson those kind of people to yeah. actually take their cannabis genetics to grow in space oh to grow in space yeah. so they want them to take the seeds and plant the seeds in yeah. space yeah but um they would have to be inside the spacecraft obviously yes. where it's just yeah. got a controlled atmosphere yeah. and light and everything yeah. or like you could on another planet i suppose in a sealed environment like that movie yeah, like yeah. What's the movie, movie Mars. That one. What's the movie called? That one. Mars Attacks. Generic cultivation. So there he is, the professor. Oh, Mars, yeah. 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 He says they've created three different cultivars. Uh, Ima, Reba, oh. and oh. Jiba. Oh. All named oh. after the guys oh. who are the richest people. So like called. Elon Musk Some. and humanity. E-M-A-H. What, what is this humanity? What is this humanity? If, well, if Musk and uh, Branson and Bezos had this humanity, they would be spending the money on humanity yeah. instead of going spending to space. Spending it, exactly. Yeah. exactly. What do in space? And so what do they want to see? Or do they want them to, maybe they want them to grow it, harvest it, and smoke it. Yeah, yeah. Because look, they're trying to grow other plants as well <laughs> yeah. in the International Space Station and... Yeah, they've got full so hydroponic labs running yeah, NASA's yeah. full yeah. hydroponic yeah. system that yeah. produce food in space But the station. problem yeah. that they've seen with growing in space, any plants, is um, that plants create a toxic, uh, what is it called? Ethylene. So plants produce a lot of ethylene. On Earth, there's not enough to be toxic because it's not Uh, a sealed environment. Yeah. yeah, But in space, it's just... It's because ethylene, the the plants, it puts it out, ethylene out, and what it does is because there's no gravity, it can't actually move away from the plant, so... Is that the reason? Yeah. I'm, trying to, yeah. I'm just trying to be a yeah. NASA scientist right here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, that's admirable. <laughs> yeah, so, we had a bit of a chat about this on the Green Network. I um, mean, when you walk into a grow room, yeah. you get this like, whoa! So imagine they'd have to have where, where, how the extraction Well, Na- NASA has talked so about creating a machine that could okay. actually somehow remove mm. the ethylene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's pros and cons of growing in space. One I could think of as a pro would be no stress on the plant. Yeah, no stress. Yeah, but no stress. So it wouldn't have to like try and keep itself yeah. up. It would have, yeah. I mean, the buds could yeah. possibly grow massive. Yeah. yeah. My question would be: Is why would you want to do that for the hype? I think the first encounter we have with another species 
gift them with some dacha. <laughs> okay, so then you wave at the window of the spaceship and you say, hey, spaceman, I've got some How do you know, do you, know you have the right land signal? No, no, you call this dude, hey, your ma there. There's some farmers in the vault. He's like, yes, these people here from Earth are rude, man. Did you see the giant sign he threw out the window there? So I wonder, has the, has the professor, has he uh, written to these rich dudes and asked them to please, he wants to courier some seeds from the vault. Apparently David Makuru was the one yeah, who tweeted and he tagged Branson Mas and oh, okay. uh, the Bezos. I could see Elon Musk doing it, but the other two, you know. Yeah. He's a bit of a cannabis enthusiast himself, isn't he? No. I, don't I think know. he's the only one, Branson. He's the only one I really. Oh, Branson, yeah. Branson's a smoker, yeah. yeah. But we want to grow weed on our own soil. <coughs> <coughs> before we it's out of Exactly. Here. Exactly. And do you think when the aliens landed in, 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 on Earth and they had weed with them, do you think the cops would arrest them? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Most might that be the safest the place for the weed, that actually. That is the question. Space, okay. no, space, space cabbage. It's not as simple oh. as just adding light, CO2, and some yeah. nutrients, you know? Yeah. No, it's, 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 well, in space, I'm sure there's a lot yeah. more to it. it but a, if you provide those three things, it will, it should grow. There's no reason why it shouldn't. It should so wait, yeah. if you're the guy that has to go in the spaceship with the seeds and plant them and tend to them and grow, <laughs> look after them, does that make you the Mars to grow? Oh. <laughs> but also quite laughable in the news this week. And laughable in a kind of sad way is the suspension of the Department of Health official, Dr. Anbin Pillay. And it just so happened that this was the very same doctor who said on the parliamentary uh, webcast that we had uh, in the middle of, middle of September, I think it was, yeah. um, uh, that, that cannabis has got no nutritional value. So, Joe, tell us about what happened to this laughable, sad thing. Oh, sadly, the Digital Vibes saga has caught Sapra in its tailspin. Sadly. Sadly, I'm, oh. I'm devastated. I can okay. barely get through this. Um, senior health department uh, official in charge of cannabis regulation, uh, Dr. Anban Pillay, has been suspended and is likely to face financial misconduct charges for orchestrating the Digital Vibes ripoff. I mean, he's the one that set it up mm. between the health ministry yeah. and and the, the hair salon people, because he didn't the, the money go, they bought a hair salon? They did, that's exactly what um, it was. You know, I, po I posted the story on one of our international groups and it was just like emojis of like, whoa! <laughs> There's the man There's on the your man. screen, ladies and gentlemen. Now, his suspension has nothing to do with cannabis, obviously. It's just to do with this digital vibes um, scandal that unseated health minister Dr. Zwele Mkise. Uh, but his suspension does mean that SAPRA's relationship with the health department is now in crisis management because uh, um, he was the go-between. And this does not bode well for SAPRA which requires Department of Health political support as it has been under severe attack from the cannabis industry of late. So they're, right. they're feeling well like put. they're paddling up the creek with no oars at the moment. Yeah. And, and they're in a shit creek that they seem to have created on their own. <laughs> no, but you know, we've always, we've always said that SAPRA have their mandate. The problem is they don't stick to their corner. Mm, they don't stick yes. to their corner. Mm. Now another sort of quasi-government institution, but one with a little bit more um, credibility, it might seem, 
My brother used to actually work for them, the Agricultural Research Council. Mm. Um, there's been talk on the airwaves about them preserving genetics, propagating genetics, what's so all about? what they're basically saying, Agricultural ARC, Agricultural Research Council, has announced a program of protecting for, protection for South African cannabis genetics. There you go. ARC's Quena Mokholoa told the Northwest Governmental Cannabis Webinar, which I think we all might have been... Yes. That, was a, that was the big Northwest one yes. where they announced that the Northwest wanted to unleash the plant. Yes. Yeah. So he spoke there where, where they said that the organization had 12 land races that had collected genetic data, that they had collected genetic data from. Mokhodla mm -hmm. uh. <clears throat> um, says, ALC's expertise in crop protection positioned it, positioned it well to be, to be the custodian of South African genetics. I think that's great. I hope that they yeah. get, I hope that they cement that on an international level. So because, here's two. Yeah. yeah, it's good. I, I think it's I think it's great to really it's keep right our people. genetics and let me get let me speak to him. Yeah. So mm. he said there was an urgent need to protect South Africa's vast variety of land races, which faced two major threats. Right, bio biopiracy, the registration by foreigners of land races that should be protected as part of SA's indigenous and, and poison. intellectual property. Mm. So there's. Yeah. There's the one thing that yeah. they want to try and stop is people coming stealing what we have, which they've already done. They've already taken yeah. the one of the greatest, which is out there, and will never. We'll the never horse has bolted. Yeah, it's really yeah. bolted on that. Yeah. And the next one is contamination of local genetics from foreign land races. So, new strains of cannabis being introduced from the outside world uh -huh. that would undermine the hey. purity of SS land races and undermine the capacity of genetic imp improvement. Mm. It's happened already as well. And it's all these guys importing their gas. Well, from there we overseas. go. It's already happened. We've yeah. already got all the people that have done it on the recreational level have brought in tons of seeds. So, now we yeah. already have seeds available mm. in the country which are from everywhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they're regulars. They're not just yeah. normal. So there's potential yeah. for those plants to then, like he, like they're saying there, contamination. Yeah. But it's it's there. You can't stop it, I mean, and it's not going. Do no one will ever. Yeah. Listen to that. And I mean, there's been this whole thing of um, helping the rural farmers up their game genetically over the last, I would say, maybe 15 years or so, mm. with foreign companies coming in and helping out with altruism in their hearts, okay, and very, very good intentions. I'm sure there was, definitely. To, yeah, yeah, I mean, Ponderland is full of that Dutch genetics, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been going on for very many years, and this is not a criticism because I think that those genetics were brought in with goodwill to try and yes. get more money to the communities, get them to grow better no. genetics, better genetics. there was definitely genetics. no Ill intent behind that at all. But no. there was no proper education forth through with it because they didn't exactly. go and educate the people enough and put out yeah. that education to say, you got to pull the males. You got to pull the males because we've exactly. given you this yeah. great thing. They didn't educate yeah. them, even though they. Because this mm. is also that the ALC needs yeah. to work with the locals and the people that are growing mm. it by the ton exactly. in the fields, mm. and you need to educate yeah. them before you can even try and genetically preserve it. It's, it's already drifting. It's drifting way out of what mm. we have. Exactly. It's drifting because, yeah. like we and like you said, it's nice what they did, but by them coming into South Africa and bringing genetics and planting it into the masses in the fields. Yeah. It's caused a drift already. Oh, yeah. We've caused a drift of our yeah. local, our local land race so much that it's going to be hard to find pure yeah. South African land race. They're all gone. Your rhubarbs, your Durban poisons, they're exactly. gone. Oh, I think what they're going to have to do is also sort of ring fence it around a certain amount, a, a certain strain. So maybe they'll get say twenty. 
Mm. And they say, okay, those are the ones. They're never going to be able to yeah. go to the four corners of the well, earth. Well, they say, no. I read further that they, so they say they've, they've got 12 land races oh, that they've collected, they've collected data okay. from, so great. Yeah. Then they also say that they've created hemp strain number one and number two. Yes, as Ricky which, was saying. As yes. Ricky was saying. So yeah. that possibly could then be the hemp seed that we possibly could want from local genetics, if that's what they've done. Okay. We don't know that to give us all the information. It well because yeah. at least it's made for this environment. Yeah, let's hope it yeah. does. But at least <coughs> obviously is the right people involved in this yes. kind of like Well, they are. That's yeah. the right department. We don't yeah. need like the tourism department trying department. to fucking find seeds yeah. for us. Exactly. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And that's the typical fashion of what they would have done. So it's yeah. good that these guys are doing mm. this. I'd love to get Simon Strainhunter on next time he comes breezing yeah, past. He's got so a good story. He's, he's got a great story with that. And I'd love to have this conversation. He did promise me that he would come and sit at the table. Out of the, the valleys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. come visit us, babe. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I love the way that our different stories have kind of linked up tonight mm. because mm -hmm. we got Brenda and the and the testing and the the, the hemp licenses needed requiring testing uh, to get the TAC levels below 0.2 percent, and then the ARC actually developing genetics and trying to trying to preserve genetics. But Joe, I do believe that you were quite busy with our shit or lit what what this week. I made a little pre-recorded shit or lit. It's not my very best one, okay? I have done better before, but yeah. it was again uh, more, more stock from 420.co.za, yeah. that big box of delights that you bought for us. We, uh, I made a but little But I think thing. before we play the video over there, Boom, I just want to, speaking of 420.co.za, last week Dan couldn't be with us, and um, the week before that, was it birthdays? Oh, uh, surprise for oh you. my God, Look a new that. poem. Now, Holy that is going to make him toss. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to put me down, eh? Hey? Look at that thing. <laughs> I reckon That's while beautiful. We, mm. Isn't it beautiful? Yes. Holy it's shit. called the holographic. And we're going to watch a little video about it now. Oh, sweet. Yes, wow. exactly. Thank you so, so much. I'm so going to review it without even smoking from it. <laughs> While we're watching the video, Dan is going to load that with some koi dank yeah. that's on our table over there. And um, we're going to try and not get so blasted that we can't get to the end of the show. We've only got 10 minutes left. So let's see what Joe was up to this week. So this is the holographic rainbow extra thick straight bong. This bong is nine millimeters thick. If you drop it on the ground, you're going to break the ground. The bong will bounce. Um, it is 40 and a half centimeters tall, and this beautiful holographic effect has been achieved by uh, going through a process, which creates this amazing aqua blue hue up along the neck, and then it grades down into this absolutely beautiful smoky white base. A very, very cool result. I love this. This is a thick, heavy, solid piece that I feel quite safe handling. Some of the specifics of this bong, uh, other than the 9mm thickness, which is thick, um, the base diameter is 120 millimeters. The neck tube diameter is 50 millimeters, 50. 
uh, it's a 14mm bowl cone size, the joint size is 18mm, it has a detachable down stem and it has a three prong ice catcher. So why ice in the bong? Well putting ice in your bong takes the bong's filtration process to the next level. Firstly and most obviously, the ice um, helps filter the smoke for a cleaner and better tasting hit. And then secondly, it obviously cools down the smoke, which helps to uh, make inhaling larger amounts of smoke even easier. And we all know bong smokers love taking big, huge big bong rips. The ice can even act uh, double as a splash guard, so it'll help prevent bong water from flying up into your mouth. And then of course, obviously, it's always a beautiful visual, especially on a bong as eye-catching as this. It's really, really visually pleasing to watch the ice melting. Just be careful, be mindful that as the ice melts, you don't um, overfill the water chamber. Just keep emptying it a little bit as you go along. Okay, Dan. Um, well, I'll try and hit this on the side and yeah, yeah. 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 There we go. Let's, no see. let's decide lit, yeah. whether it's shit or lit. Joe, from making the video, what you obviously didn't smoke it. I didn't smoke from it because I knew that we'd be giving this one to Dan and I wanted it, the first smoke to be his. Um, but it, I felt comfortable handling it. Yeah. And it, it's a nice solid piece. Jesus, this thing is very solid. It's very, very solid. Apparently you can drop it and it'll break the floor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, what do you It does not feel flimsy at all, it really hits nicely. The little pippy inside there is a bit small. Mm. I think you'll yeah. smoke it a lot to get it a bit bigger. Is it? Okay, and uh, shit, lit? It's, yeah, lit. It's really lit. nice. It's really, it's got a nice pull because it's compact. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know I me, I always, them. I always go for the for the looks, and I think it's lit AF. I think it looks really good. Really really the, the design of it <laughs> and everything, and the proportions and the beautiful colors and everything. Aha! We so said last week, uh, the guy at 420.co.za has got a really good eye. Yes. He's got some very, very tasteful pieces on okay. the website. Please, guys, go and have a look. That's um, awesome. And it, it's One not going to be a solid base. And it's got yeah. a nice base where it just lift. It's really a big, solid, a heavy base. I am a class yeah. and I would and battle I to break it. Yeah, okay. Mm. It's got a good base mm. to sit down immediately. Mm. Thank you very much. Okay, that's a pleasure. And I think we're going to, we'll, we'll wait with our going with our bud segment because we're running out of time. So yeah, Dan is going to tell us about his um, uh, winter harvest blues <laughs> <laughs> next week. Have you got um, a winter harvest that's coming in now? I know in the high felt most people's winter harvest are coming in. Uh, we grew a few beautiful autos. I think there were six or seven of them. And we just defoliated them yesterday. So how's your winter harvest going? We're going to speak about that next week. And um, and uh, as we uh, move into planting season here on the high farm, we certainly are um, thinking about germinating this month and then we'll plant out next month, next month in November. But as far as uh, tending your plants and looking at them and loving <coughs> them and singing to them, have you entered our Instagram competition? And let's see what finalists we have tonight. Let's yes. see, let's see. Dan, you're going to choose. 
All right. Lekker. I think Dan should choose for sure. She been here for two weeks. Ooh, ooh, frosty nuggle nuggles. That looks like. Is it slurry? Yeah, in house genetics. Oh wow! Oh gorgeous! Oh, I bet you those aren't even its eyes. <laughs> Seems tinky, tinky it's not a spider mite. No, look at that! No jumper. Wow! Oh, nice. Ganja planter. It almost like looks like a snake rearing its head up, like a cobra. Or was that yeah. just? Yeah. yeah, no, it does. See your green! Yay! Yay! Oh, Praying to the light. Ginger rapes. Very yeah. healthy plant. Mm. Mm. Very healthy plant. Oh wow! Wow, that's <coughs> a nicely. Preserved and trimmed and everything, mm. hey? Really oh, it's 420 Fay. Hello, 420 Fay. Cape Town Grove, wow. That the way it stacks up, like yeah, four. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Cape next. Cape Town Grove, 420, some slurricane buds. That's almost like that unicorn poop that we have with the little <laughs> bubbly things on yes. it. Yeah. Stunk Tinky, hello. <laughs> wow. Perps, you can check the perps in that. Oh, you can. It's a beautifully taken cobra weed. Okay, what's it gonna be, Dan? I'm really impressed with the. Um, it's from the spider. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to convince him, but I like the spider. I, I like that. Yeah, Personally, that appeals to me. That frost, okay. everything's growing really yeah. well. If that guy's growing that here, um, yeah, well done. Yeah. Okay. So who was that? Cape, Cape Town Grow. Cape Town Grow. Cape Town Grow. 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 Well done. Well done, you tonight's winner. Um, please get in touch with us and we'll send you a DM. Amy will be in touch to, so that we can organize to get your amazing prize to you. And um, this morning, Joe was on the blower with the guys from the uh, Cookie Man Bakery and they've donated some special uh, prizes for our Instagram mm, competition. Things you can eat. So mm. uh, get your details to us and we hope that we still have some of those left by the time we get to sending your prize. No, so we will. No, we will. We'll, we'll be will. good. No, okay, we'll be but good. they're particularly delicious, mm. Cookie Man Bakery. You're going to have to take it in a lockable uh, thing to yeah. go and fetch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's two events that I know of that are going on in around Joburg uh, this week. Joe, what have you got to tell us? Okay, so I've got three. Um, you got three, okay. Yeah. Oh, on Friday, we have Mary Jane's Hacienda um, from 5 p.m. Mary Jane's Hacienda and Incognito Social bring you the freshest Friday feels with some funky deep house tunes. Um, that is one Blenheim Street in Kensington. Uh, ladies, before seven, you get in for free. Otherwise, fifty bucks entrance all night. Uh, fifty bucks, not too bad. That's not too course. bad. It's yeah. good. safe parking there. It's a lovely venue. I, I would love to there? take you one day. Oh, you know, okay. yeah. When I judged that um, oh, talent yes. competition, oh, it's yes. such an amazing venue. You must go back. Okay, Mary Jane's Hacienda. Look them up. I'm sure they're on Instagram. No, they are, not. and on Facebook. Yeah. 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 Then on Saturday, the 9th of October, at um, the Bakery in Linden. We have the Celebrating Nature uh, <coughs> event. So there's a Plant and Mushroom Talk by Druid's Garden. Affiliates of Fields of Green Affiliates to support. Affiliates of Fields of Green. Um, there's Organic Trade. You are welcome to bring and swap anything that grows. There's exotic food stalls. There's lots of other goodies. Um, you need to... Early bird tickets are 50 bucks before the 1st of October. So there's... Don't worry about that. 80 bucks <laughs> at the door. 80 bucks at the door. Or it's the ba at the bakery. They're on Instagram as well. 
At and the underscore bakery underscore Linden. And Linden is such a lovely area if you're up here in Josie and Babylon. It really uh, is. It really is a, a, a beautiful uh, place to go. There's great coffee shops and little... Mm. Bit, old Melville house almost. Yes, almost yeah. old Melville. It's sort of old school Joburg, Linden. Yeah. So I think if you if you don't know the Linden area and you're free this Saturday, so I certainly would recommend you going to that talk. Yeah. yeah. And then on Sunday, DeJoint, it's their second birthday. Yeah, DeJoint, our friends. <laughs> So they've got DJ Van Levy, L-A-V-E-Y, I'm saying the word wrong. There's the Harveston Band and there's Dion Buckus on the Stolen Horses. So pull in there, you want to go and get yourself some of their amazing food, they've got an amazing view, they've got beautiful vibes, great service. We we love to join. There's like literally nothing bad we can say about them. We've tried, it's hard. So if you're looking for something to do, you might even bump into one of the Fields of Green or Hotbox crew mm. there on Sunday because they are just up the up the road from us. Drain, so yeah. I do believe that we had a poll about the oh, hemp. The poll, what, did yes. you, what did you think? Huh? What did you think? Um, that hemp should be grown far away from everybody's THC. What was the first one? Um, so the first option was... Um, outside under the glorious African sunshine. Yes. So, do you think that it should have been grown outside under the glorious African sunshine? Not uh, percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Indoors and far away from my THC. Yo, that's a lot of escom. Indoor hemp, okay? Fifty percent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many votes were there? Let's just get some like. And then no, man, we don't want to tell you the truth of Let's how not fuck up our story with facts, bro. <laughs> and fifty percent of people said that it should be grown somewhere else, and six people voted. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So there you have it. You have your evidence, Your Honor. Um, Inside and somewhere actually else. Actually, just buzzed <laughs> off with your. Uh, Bizzed off with your hemp until you've made a better plan. We know that growing our own uh, industrial cannabis in South Africa would be a really, really good idea. But the plan that they have made so far is simply not sustainable. It's It's not sustainable for us as the cannabis community, Mm. for the broader agricultural community, for our rural farmers, and for everything that addresses farmers. Yeah, Yeah. it addresses the ten crisis points that Fields of Green for All. Submitted as as the issues that need to, need to be dealt and uh, dealt with, and I can actually say that hemp is number eight crisis point. And if you want to learn about these crisis points, we're going to be rolling over the next uh, ten weeks. Every Monday, we will be discussing one particular crisis point, and then we'll bring that up on the show on that Thursday. So we're just getting that little campaign um, off the ground because as you know we're always stressing this thing of know your Dacha farmer so please use that hashtag hashtag know your Dacha farmer because that's what it's all about (coughs) you've got to know your farmer and what he needs you've got to know your farmer and what you can get from that farmer what you can do for your community and speaking about doing things for your community remember to always support those who support fields of green because that is the reason why we can come to you live and unpredictable every thursday night and we are three minutes over time and we're going to get into trouble from the techies so thank you for uh for joining us on this stormy heartfelt thursday night and we'll see you next week bye-bye cheers Cheers. i need you to stay safe and choose happy great run no you're right and light one up for jules bye